Welcome to the Pat Mayo Experience, presented by DraftKings Week 11 Injury Report, Updated Rankings, and DraftKings Ownership Projections for the main slate. If you're looking for the most up-to-date ownership projections, highly recommend you check out the ownership projections on ftndaily.com. When you get the ownership projections, you get access to the cornerback wide receiver matchup index, the optimizer, the projections, all that fun stuff at ftndaily.com. You can find the links in the description. The link to the rankings also in the description. Uh, they're all updated to right now. I'll have those updated throughout the weekend. Plus, the link to the Pat Mayo Experience DraftKings Listeners League link is also in the description. Lots of stuff down in that description. I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, 200 spots remain for Week 11. If you want one, I suggest you go get it the moment you are hearing this in your either watching it with your eyeballs or listening to it through your eardrums. I think that's how people listen. Unless you're like real weird. You got something going on. Listen different ways. Not sure. Other than that, smash the like. And if you do have a start sick question for the week or any sort of question pertaining to week 11, leave it in the comment section. This is where I do the question and answer every single week. I will be live 10 a.m. with Brad Evans on Sunday morning where we do like half of a show. It's like half an hour long. Then we take questions for half an hour, but we never get to everyone's questions. There are too many questions and we run out of time. You want your question answered? You leave it in this comment section and I We'll get back to you. Frankly, the rankings answer most of these questions to begin with. But, you know, if you don't like clicking around, you can just leave the question here and I'll get back to you. Thank you so much. Smash that like. Let's get into the injury report for week 11. Uh, from Thursday evening, Greg Olson uh, tore his plantar fasciitis. He's out four to six weeks. That is expected to be more run for either Walt Disley or Jacob Hollister. Not sure which one or if either of them are even viable. But keep those guys on your radar for at least the next month because Tight end is a cesspool, as we've seen, that having someone who can just garner like six targets a game would probably be good enough to be a top 12 tight end, at least in terms of volume going into a week. So keep your eye on those guys. Uh, Kyler Murray banged up his shoulder. It's an AC joint problem. He's expected to play in week 12. No initial concerns on his availability moving forward. Pittsburgh and Cleveland, no real injuries to report. Pitt Philly offensive line's not looking great, but skill position-wise, and that's what we're talking about here because it's fantasy, uh, nothing. So that, that game's clean. It's probably going to be like the shittiest weather possible because the game is in Cleveland. But other than that, we're looking pretty good. New Orleans at Atlanta. Now it gets a bit dicier. Drew Brees has been placed on injured reserve. So he's out at least three weeks with his broken ribs and his collapsed lung. You think like, maybe I'm like not remembering collapsed lung to its fullest extent three weeks does not seem like an awful lot of time to allow that to recover i guess if the saints can tread water at this point they are currently the number one team in the league in terms of dvoa that maybe they can get by with a backup but that backup at least starting against the falcons in week 11 is going to be Taysom hill uh, there are some places you can play him at tight end, which I guess I would suggest that you do. Uh, on DraftKings, you cannot. In most like reasonable places, you cannot play him at tight end. He's a quarterback eligibility only. I don't know what to make of this. There is a possibility, although Schefter has reported that there are no plays drawn up for Jameis Winston, I assume as the initial backup throughout the course of the season, he's learned some of these plays. I guess there's no special plays for Jameis Winston, but all starter means is he's likely going to take the first snap. Does that mean it's essentially like a wildcat situation? Hill's going to run off tackle for minus three yards to start the game, then Jameis is going to be under center? I have no idea. So I have Hill ranked outside the 20 in terms of QBs, and then my favorite stack of the week on DraftKings was obviously Jameis with Michael Thomas and either Jared Cook or Emmanuel Sanders, although 
Traquan Smith appears like he has passed concussion protocol and he will likely play this weekend. Um, the other guys in this game, Calvin Ridley is likely to play too. So I just, I was game stacking this. Now I don't know what to do. I guess you can't use Jameis. If you were one of the people who plays 150 lineups, you're likely not watching the show to begin with. But I guess maybe you roll the dice on Jameis and all of a sudden he's in for the second series. He's just throwing the ball 60 yards down the field and everything is fine. But I really don't know what to do. Uh, I guess you can't play Jameis. You probably don't want to play Taysom Hill. This severely affects, I think, that the output that Michael Thomas could potentially put out, at least the upside that he's going to put up. I would expect to see more of Elvin Kamara in the circumstance, maybe more of Latavius Murray, maybe some short routes underneath. Like, I actually have no idea how good Taysom Hill is going to be as a legitimate behind, under center, out of shotgun quarterback. Like, it's one thing to see what he's done at the pro level when he comes in for gadget plays. But those are gadget plays. We, you know, if you go look at like the best ever passer rating, like Mohamed Sanu is who is up there in a lot of these because he throws the ball six times during the course of the year, twice during the course of the year. I know that Hill gets a bit more run than that, and he has a run option, but he's also out there playing receiver as well. That it's a different dynamic for the defense rather than him just you know, being under center the entire time. So if I had to bet money on it, I bet that Jameis ends up passing the ball over 20 times in this game. But that's me. I, that, he could pass the ball zero times. So I'm not going to bank on that. I'm not going to bet money on it. So I'm going to take him out of my DraftKings life and probably just go with the Matt Ryan side of this game because uh, Lattimore is a bit banged up on the Saints side of the ball. So Julio and Ridley both project under 10% right now on the DraftKings main slate. It's probably where you want to look in this game. Maybe bring it back with Kamara and hope that Hurst doesn't steal touchdowns or Gage doesn't steal touchdowns. And maybe Taysom Hill's awesome. Who knows? Not me. I, I'm just not going to play him. So that's up to you. Uh, I would heavily suggest finding a better option this week. Yeah, that's what I would do. Detroit and Carolina, another game with all of the injuries. Matt Stafford does appear like he is going to play, but Kenny Galladay is out. Danny Amendola is out. DeAndre Swift is out. Marvin Jones is banged up. Looks like he's going to play, so I guess that's bonus news. I was initially not on TJ Hawkinson on DraftKings, but they've lowered his price, but now with all these guys out, I'm probably going to end up just playing him, and it's not like he's just busting out in terms of ownership right now. He's in the single digits, so that seems to be the best way to go on this game. On the other side of the ball, you have Christian McCaffrey. He is out, so fire up some more Mike Davis in the best matchup you can have. That seems pretty sensible, and Teddy Bridgewater is likely to play. In the Lions' backfield, I'm guessing Adrian Peterson is going to get the start, but... Carry on Johnson is likely to work his way in as well. It's probably going to be somewhere in like a 60-40 split, 66-33, 70-30. If Peterson doesn't get it going early on against this weak Carolina Panthers run defense, they could turn to carry on Johnson or run Peterson into the ground and use carry on a lot like DeAndre Swift had been being used before he assumed the starter's role where he's going to catch passes out of the backfield in a game where they're down so many people. If they fall behind, you could see more carry on on the field. Logically, you would just jump to Adrian Peterson being the smash play where, you know, if you have him on your season long team, oh, he's my running back too this week. He's my flex this flex play this week now you can do that and it could work out really well i do have some hesitation because i do think there's substantial downside to this game but if he can get going early it could be a huge day that's why you end up playing him because the path to a huge ceiling game is there for adrian peterson but i don't really think that he has much of a floor at the same time either uh on the i guess marvin hall would be the one that you don't want to play you know what don't even think about that don't play marvin hall i mean maybe he scores a touchdown that'd be great but this isn't a circumstance where you want to get too crazy. Just play Marvin Jones, TJ Hawkinson, Adrian Peterson, be on your way if you're going to play any of the Lions. Mike Davis is like a legit top five option at running back this week, though. 
Tennessee and Baltimore, Adam Humphreys is out. Me, I was going to say Michael, but it's Michael Pruitt is out for this game. A.J. Brown is likely to be in from the Ravens side of the ball. It looks like all of the skill guys are going to go. Pittsburgh and Jacksonville. Uh, Chenault is out. The Irish assassin, James O'Shaughnessy, he is also out. Gardner Minshew, he is out. So with Chenault being out once again, that is an uptick in both targets and just playing time routes run for Chris Conley. Like Gage, I was going to say Gage, um, Keelan Cole and DJ Chark are going to get theirs in both tough matchups against Pittsburgh. It's not a fantastic situation, but Conley's just going to be on the field more. And since Juice Luton, as Tim called him, uh, Jake Loughton, has been on under center, we have seen Chris Conley garner some more attention from him than he had otherwise been seeing the rest of the year. He's like 3,000 on DraftKings, and he's not a great play. But if you do need someone, he's someone that is going to see targets, especially in a, like a pass-heavy game script. The Jags are underdogs by 10 points in this game. On the other side, uh, I do like James Conner as potentially a DraftKings play. Uh, just although everyone on the defense uh, in the pa- for like corner wise and safety wise for the Jags is out, so Roethlisberger just might pass all over them. But people are going to that. James Conner played almost ninety percent of the running back snaps last week and didn't do anything with them. But the Jags also have a terrible run defense. So maybe it's a time to turn to James Conner. But Trey Edmonds and Jalen Samuels, two guys that could potentially come in just to take a few carries away here and there, are both out for the Steelers. Anthony McFarland does appear like he's going to be back from his illness, and then you have Benny Snell to steal touchdowns as well. But I can see Connor playing over 80% of the snaps in this game. And against the defense this week, that does have a lot of value, especially when people are so fed up with them after what occurred in week 10. Cincinnati and Washington, Joe Mixon is out. Play Ogeo Bernard. That easy. Dontrell Inman likely back, so probably less Cam Sims, I suppose, for the Washington footballs. Just don't play any of those guys except for McLaurin, Logan Thomas, McKissick, and Gibson. Those are your four guys that you're playing from Washington. New England and Houston. Nikhil Harry, after missing a few weeks, returned. Now he's hurt his shoulder in practice. It does look like he's still going to play. That's an early game we'll know. Damian Harris has been limited all week, too, but he is also likely to play. Ryan Izzo also likely to play. Shockingly enough, the Patriots not being super forthcoming about what is actually going on with their players. So maybe one of those guys ends up sitting maybe they all play i do like harris here though uh he is shaping up to be a pretty decent leverage play off jacoby myers on DraftKings this week as everyone is playing myers no one is playing harris and you just worry that burkhead and cam and james white end up getting involved and maybe sony michelle ends up returning but every time that harris has been healthy and been active he's getting like 15 plus carries a game if you get get some goal line work against the 31st ranked run defense that seems to me like it would have some value especially with everyone going to the receiver in this game if you can take the running back maybe the Patriots can jump out to a little bit of a lead, and then all of a sudden he's looking really good. Uh, if he finds the end zone once, you know he's going to win you money this week. He finds it twice, he could break the slate. Who knows? Duke Johnson had been missing from practice. He returned Friday. He's going to play. Kenny Stills is likely out for the Texans. That's the early set of games, so we'll know all of those guys by 11.35 a.m. Eastern time on Sunday. Once again, I do the show at 10. The actives and inactives come out after that. Uh, in case you were wondering, I'll have the rankings updated to then as well. Late set of games, Dallas and Minnesota. Andy Dalton looks like he's starting for Dallas. Irv Smith and his groin injury appear like he is going to play as well. It's still like 60-40 right now, so he could sit, but he is likely to return in this game. Miami and Denver, Drew Locke is dealing with a rib problem. He is likely to play. Noah Fant is likely to play. 
And on the Miami side, that's kind of it. Um, for Green Bay and Indianapolis, Devontae Adams gave us a scare midweek, but it looks like he will, will return, as will Alan Lazard, although he might be somewhat on a snap count. We'll see how that ends up playing up. Those two guys should both be active for the 4 o'clock games against the Indianapolis, Indianapolis Colts. Jack Doyle is likely in. He's past concussion protocol. But Mo Ali Cox and his knee injury did not practice on Friday. There's no designation next to his name, as I've seen yet. And if that... I mean, if it's truly a knee injury and he didn't practice on Friday, he's probably not going to play. So although Doyle is coming back, Trey Burton does become play a bull in deeper leagues if you're desperate at a tight end. I don't want to say he's a good play because he's not. But if you need someone to run some routes for you, it's not like Green Bay's defense is any good. Although Jair Alexander is returning this week as his king. So the middle of the field where Trey Burton would presumably be running most of his routes on the shorter end too might be open a lot of the time for Phillip Rivers here. Jets and Chargers, Sam Darnold, unlikely to play. We're getting Joe Flacco. Hello, Joe! Once again, Tyrod hurt his ribs in practice. Uh, I mean, he wasn't starting, but poor guy, man. Guy can't catch a break. Kansas City and Vegas. Vegas's defense looks like it will end up returning from like the COVID situation from earlier. Jalen Richard is 50-50 to play in this game. If he doesn't go, it just means more for Booker, more for Jacobs in that backfield. Uh, maybe more pass-catching work for Josh Jacobs, too, with Richard out. If he plays, then it's just back to normal, where it's like a 60-30-10 split in the Raiders' backfield. Sammy Walken should return for the Sunday night game as well. And then Monday night, Rams and Bucks, not really much going on there. Guys are going to play, at least as of now. Saturday could always change that. That's a big day for injuries for the Monday night football game. But as I can tell right now, there's nothing really to be too concerned about with your skill position guys. DraftKings ownership on the main slate running back is hilarious this week. Delvin Cook might break 50% ownership. So you have a real choice of what you want to do here. Are you going to go all in on Delvin Cook and use him in every lineup, or are you going to go full fade? Because there's no real point of matching the field. Just take a stand on him. Either you're going to play him everywhere, and then if he goes off, you're going to have more of those lineups than everyone else, or you have to think about what's the breaking point here. I mean, it depends on what the other running backs do, obviously. And it's a huge financial commitment to your salary cap to play Dalvin Cook in this situation, too, at $9,000. So what you're looking at is Dalvin Cook not only needs to outscore the rest of the slate by a bunch, but specifically he needs to outscore Alvin Kamara by a bunch and... I guess Derrick Henry a bunch too. I think Henry's probably the play. I currently haven't projected like 5 or 6% ownership. It's not a great matchup. And Derrick Henry is all boom or kind of bust. Like he's, where he doesn't catch any passes, his floor is relatively non-existent. But if you're making the conscious decision to fade Cook and hopefully he doesn't score 40 points, if he scores 20, you can beat that. That's fine if he scores 20 points. I mean, that kind of feels like his floor at the moment, but crazier things have happened. I think I'm going to fade and just pray that it ends up working out if Dalvin Cook scores. 40 points. I'm not going to win any money this week. Those are the decisions that you have to make, too. Plus, Dalvin Cook is $1,000 more expensive than Derrick Henry in this spot. But we know that Henry is someone who can break a slate and rush for 200 yards and two touchdowns. We just saw him do it in the playoffs against Baltimore last year. So I'm not too concerned about their defense in this regard. It's just if Baltimore jumps up early, that's a bad script for Derrick Henry. But generally, low-owned Derrick Henry is always a good play because of the upside that he has. I'm curious, really, to see what this does to the $6,000 range. 
range. Because if you just fade all of the top end guys, you can fit in like three of them. You have your Miles Sanders, who's who no one's really using. I mentioned James Conner. Mike Davis is a fantastic play. And really looking at the ownership, if you play Delvin Cook, it's hard to get to one of those guys, depending on how you allocate the rest of your funds. You're generally going to go Delvin Cook and drop into the Gio Bernard, Duke Johnson, Kalen Bellage, uh, Salvin Ahmed range. Like that's where like your expensive guy and your cheap guy. If you just want to play it flat in the $6,000 area, that seems like a pretty good idea to me. If it means being able to big up the rest of your team and solidify it, everything else, like if that's the difference between playing like TJ Hawkinson and a min priced Anthony Ferkser. I'd rather play TJ Hawkinson in this matchup where no one else is around in the Lions receiving game. So I think it's a really interesting conundrum. I'm doing a show Friday evening uh, behind the paywall at FTNDaily.com with Javi, with Kyle, and with Derek. You know, so two pros uh, who play in very high stakes contests. And I really want to get their insights to what they're doing with Dalvin Cook. If you want to sub at FTNDaily.com right now, it's a huge discount. Plus, you get you know, the projections, like I mentioned, the ownership projections, the individual player projections, the shadow index. The link is in the description of the video. You just use code Mayo uh, and you get an extra discount on top of the already discounted. And you get some of the premium content like that show as well. I'm really, like I said, very curious about how they are going to handle the Dalvin Cook situation. Maybe in single entries, you just do it. But I think if you were playing five or more, there's, I think there's a good case to fade here. I know it's a, one of the best matchups you can have, but maybe Dallas looks better coming out of the bye week. Who knows? Maybe Kirk Cousins just passes all over them. Maybe it's a week to fade Cook, play Cousins, play Jefferson, play Thielen, and just pray that's how Minnesota does it scoring this week. And Dalvin Cook ends up with like 130 yards and no touchdowns. I mean, that could still be 20 points, but you faded the big game, which you need to fade here if you're not going to use them. Anyway, it's enough of that. The rest of the running backs, no one projects above 15%. You're looking at Mike Davis, Kalen Balazs, and Duke Johnson as the next three up in terms of ownership, but they're not pushing 20%, so I wouldn't really even worry about it. The only receiver pushing over 20% right now uh, in the millionaire maker on the main slate, Jacoby Myers. Fun times, Jacoby Myers. Objectively, he is a very good play. He's cheap. He is getting a Devontae Adams level of involvement in terms of air yards and market share in the Patriots offense right now. But this is a game where the Patriots should run the ball. They are going up against one of the worst run defenses in the league. You have a running quarterback. Myers can get there for sure. But almost like Dalvin Cook, I do think it's an interesting area to go in a different direction. Uh, If you're going to play a pure ownership fade and fade the chalk, then Jacoby Myers is the chalk and you just simply do not play him. Uh, If you really believe in Myers and the stats would indicate that you should, uh, then you just, again, it's one of these things where if he doesn't score like 30 points, you can score 17 and you can fade him. That's not really that big of a deal. You just need to find the other guys in that area who are going to have the big games or pay up, pay down uh, outside of that range and see what happens. Other than that i mean we're not getting any ownership on michael thomas or the falcons guys anymore so it's uh, keenan allen Devontae adams and brennan cooks are the next three uh, and they're all above 15 percent. terry mclaurin could breach into that 15 percent area as well but again myers is the only one over 20 percent. like even I, I know you probably want to play it as a part of a game stack and i said that brennan cooks is going to be you know, around 15 percent. but even saving that seven percent in ownership is so big fading the chalk doesn't work all that often and you have to be able to live with the swings that comes along with it. I'll even reference golf this week. Uh, if you don't know much about golf, there's a cut line. And realistically, what you want to do is get all six of your golfers through the cut line. Six of six percentage is so big because all of your guys are active to score points on the weekend. It was a mm, disastrous outcome for most lineups this week in golf as o- 
one to less than 1% of people got six of six lineups. It's usually around like seven to 10%. At the Masters, it was like 25%, but less than 1%. And it was all the chalk that failed this week. So if you fade the chalk, let's say out of 10 times, um, and the chalk hit relative hits like seven or eight of those weeks, those other two weeks, if you've continued to fade the chalk, you're probably going to lose money those other eight weeks. But the week that the chalk fails, you're going to win big. And winning tournaments is difficult enough to begin with the larger field tournaments, the more than 10,000 person entry tournaments, like your relative expectation to win that tournament is very low to begin with. Plus, there are people playing 150 lineups in a lot of these. And that's, you know, if you have one and they have 150, their 150 doesn't guarantee they're going to make money or win, but they have a much better chance just with more opportunities than you do. That fading the chalk and really going all in on that, if you can withstand the losing weeks, could lead to a lot of benefit. If you're right the week that the chalk fails, then you actually have a chance to win one of these giant contests. So that's something that we that doesn't get explained enough that there's a lot of losing that comes along with that. It's just that you maximize your upside the weeks that you do get it right. At tight end, Mark Andrews and Logan Thomas both projected over 10%. After that, there's no one. Maybe Austin Hooper, maybe Dallas Goddard. Uh, that's about it for me. I think that TJ Hawkinson is now shaped up to be a very good play with Amendola and Kenny Galladay both out and DeAndre Swift out because they don't have another premier pass-catching running back. They might throw to a running back, but DeAndre Swift is running legitimate routes out of the backfield and is involved as an element of their passing game. The other guys are just going to be there for dump-offs only. At quarterback, no one projects in the double digits. Deshaun Watson will likely be the highest owned guy. And then Lamar, maybe Justin Herbert. Those three guys could be right around 10%. But any quarterback you want to play, any stack you want to play, looks like they'll be relatively chalk free. Although with Watson, Myers, and Brandon Cooks all kind of popping up near the top, expect that the Houston side of the Houston Patriots game to be the highest owned stack of the week. It's an indoor game. You don't have to fret about it. All the guys appear to be healthy. In that situation, if you do want the leverage play, you could either not use Cooks or Fuller and use Randall Cobb, or instead of using Jacoby Myers, you could drop all the way down and use Demir Bird or potentially Nikhil Harry if he plays. I wouldn't recommend that. I would actually recommend playing Damian Harris for a little bit more and hope that New England does its scoring on the ground through the running backs and not through Jacoby Myers, and that way you can really get a leg up on similar stacks in a field. Uh, defense, nothing above 10%. Washington shaping up around like 7 8%. Pittsburgh, Miami... I do think that the Broncos defense against Tua in not cold weather, but like 49 degree weather, it's not going to be a blizzard or anything like that. It's going to be sunny, but Tua feels like he has a turnover potential game coming. Uh, the offensive line for the Dolphins is a bit banged up. And while Denver is not a great defense, they still do generate a lot of pressure on the quarterback. So you know, it only takes one and they're super cheap. They're at home and they're not huge underdogs here. I get that Miami is a better defensive play, but they're going to be more owned and they're more expensive. You need to save some money. I do like the Broncos at $2,400 this week on DraftKings. That'll do it for me and the Pat Mayo Experience. Please rate and review the audio version. If you have not done that already, that would go a long way to helping me out and keeping this show free. And as often as it happens and being able to go live like we're doing on Sunday morning at 10 a.m. Eastern Time with Brad Evans. If you're watching the video, smash the like. You got a question, leave it in the comment section. I'll get back to you by Sunday morning at the latest, probably sometime Saturday afternoon. I'll just answer it from my phone. It seems pretty easy to me. You can check the rankings. They're all updated in the description. And... Subscribe to FTNDaily.com right now for the rest of the season packages. I've mentioned all the tools. Use code Mayo. Get yourself even more of a discount, all right? Pat Mayo, thank you all for watching. I'll see you next time. Pat Mayo Experience! Experience!